Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com, and it is April 6, 2023. It's time for your Impact Wrestling Post Show. I am at Joel Pearl, and I am solo tonight because Cresta Star is on assignment. She's not here, and that's okay. But it's going to be me and you and us talking about wrestling, talking about a good episode of Impact that even I didn't expect to be as fun, as heartwarming, and heart-tear-jerking, heartstrings-pulled as it was. I didn't expect to see Josh Alexander's title relinquishing ceremony be the main event and be a really good one, setting up the main event for Rebellion, which is, by the way, a week from Sunday, which even I was shocked and confused because I'm like, I'm going to that show, but if it's in 10 days, I should probably figure out my ticket situation. Anyway, not important. Uh, you can leave us a super chat here, youtube.com slash Fightful. Any amount, get your question or statement right on the air. And of course, if you want to send a Humper chat, you can go over to humperchats.com. Again, it gives you a chance to support us, get a little more money out of the pie because YouTube takes a lot more. So we got a, we got a big show. And it's such a big show that I've been told I have to find somebody. And <laughs> Sorry, what what are you still doing here? Joel, I just, I know I didn't watch Impact, okay? I know that. That's par for the course. But I saw the graphic go up where it was like Joel, and then it was just like a mystery tag team partner, which is vacant. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to answer the the call here. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to talk some Impact with you, even though I didn't see it, um, because... Look, Creston needs a break from from you. All right, I think that's that's obvious. And I have community service hours I need to log, so I'm just going to stick around. Jesus, community <laughs> service hours? Yeah, doing work with you is community service. I get it. We host a show every Sunday over in Fife Over Park. We is- sure do, Joel. All right. So you know what? Fine, Kate. I guess. Hey. Um, I'm going to Brock Lesnar the shit out of this. All right. I'm going to turn on you. <laughs> through. All right. Ryan Sullivan starts us off with the super chat all by himself. No one wants Joel to be all by himself. 
Well, I'm not. Sing it. Sing it from the bottom of your heart. No, I'm not. I'm not because I got I got kids sleeping in the next room. All right. So you don't watch a lot of Impact, but at least we can kind of piecemeal together your Impact fandom, right, Kate? We can, and I I keep up with the product sometimes through this very show. Um, and I'm I'm aware of like what they were building out with Steve Macklin and and some of the other things going on over there. Um, really, just like unfortunate timing, how Josh Alexander and Mickey's injuries lined up like that. That's such a bummer. So I'm um, I'm up on the product, but I um will. I will be in awe of your knowledge of it at points where I don't know what's going on. I'll just default to you. Fair enough. Well, I know you're not watching BTI because honestly, I can barely get Cresta to watch BTI. So let's just open up. <laughs> uh, we open up with our pal, George Iceman, who's always got the scoops for us. And he's standing in Windsor in the middle of whatever university gym they're at. It's there at St. Clair College for these tapings. So I don't know if you've seen BTI and this George Iceman character. He speaks like that. He speaks like a 50s radio host. It's very strange. Anyway, he's either in a green screen black room with like his camera reflecting off of his glasses or he's in a vineyard somewhere south. Or he's for some reason at the venue that they're taping in and like in like the worst possible spot to give scoops no less, Kate. My goodness. What a what a hero at any of those three locations. <laughs> it's absurd. Anyway, so he says, Josh Alexander relinquishes his world title tonight on the show, and Macklin and Kushida will be present during the ceremony. Will they behave or will all hell break loose? Well, I'm pretty sure we know how that's gonna go. So we'll talk about that in a minute. I don't I don't want to be negative about a show I don't watch. Oh that's it, that feels like a, a poor man's QTV right there. He's he's not great <laughs> at his job, Kate. <laughs> Like his scoops, his scoops to reporting ratio is like zero. Oh my God. Soko just reminded me that yes, I might meet Iceman in two weeks and I want to know if he watches this show. I want to know if he's made a device. I'd like to know that too. Yeah. Get to the bottom of that. You are a good scoopster and a great interviewer. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Unfortunately, Impact's not giving me anyone to interview at Rebellion. So, uh, I guess I'm just going to have to go in and swoop and find other. Instead, I just interviewed all of their talent at a GCW show. That was the real way to do it. <sighs> there was a match on BTI as there is every week. Champagne, Singh, and Mahabali Shira took on Heath and Rhino. Now, uh, Kate, I don't know if you're familiar with Raj Singh, but he's been around for a long time. You are. Good. Awesome. Yeah. He recently rebranded as Champagne Sing because at the Vegas tapings, he struck it rich, as one does when someone goes to Vegas. I think this we've seen a little Vegas luck gimmick before, but that, that this sounds different. This sounds different, which I like. Um, he's great. I, I really enjoy his work. And that's fun that he's leading into a little bit of a different character there. Um, Heath Slater, I feel like... I feel like he's pretty underrated. Like, I feel like anytime I watch him, to be honest, like there's something he does in pretty much any match that he's in that I'm like, that was either really creative or at least really, really well done. Um, but him and Rhino have like, it's been a long time. Like there's not a lot of, I feel like there's not a lot of angles or teams that necessarily last super long times at impacts because it does tend to be a little bit more of a revolving door promotion, but they've been linked at the hip for, I mean, four or five years now, at least. Since at least 2016 on SmackDown Live. 
My goodness. Right? That's, a, that's deep lore. Yes. Back when Rhino <laughs> used to go eat Cheez-Its off of crackers at a double wide in Heath's uh, hometown when he's trying to get him a contract. That's how far back they go. My so, God. This is, I just, I love this because also, uh, you know how Fightful Select ran a report this week about Drew Gulak helping Stone Cold Steve Austin get ready for his match? Drew Gulak mentioned getting, helping Stone Cold get ready for his match. Something you can read about on FightfulSelect.com? Yeah, for five bucks. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Select later. But you know how that was a thing that came out? So Heath was that guy before Drew Gulak. And for a little while, there was a crossover. Heath was that guy. He was the good hand. That's not the good hands that currently team with Bully Ray. He was the guy that you could count on to literally do anything with any talent and you could trust them. And Heath is good. He's great. He's solid. Had a big injury that took him out for the first time in a long time. But now that he's back and he's doing this stuff with Rhino, it works. They've been tag champs. They're good. They're they're happy. Uh, Champagne Singh and Shira do lose the match, of course. There's a gore from Rhino on Shira. Gets the win for Rhino and Heath. I do want to shout out the referee. This is actually really cool. His name's uh, Cameron Adamson. He is a congenital amputee who was born without legs. And he's been at the Border City Wrestling Academy since 2017. And he was the referee in this match. So... Uh, definitely a, a little bit of a highlight for some. That. Yeah, like it was just totally unexpected. And commentary shouted him out too, but I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention because, you know, it's good to see a lot of diversity in your product, especially in wrestling. So good stuff and a really, a really solid match. I know this isn't a super chat, but my God. <laughs> <laughs> Kate stole the scene, Gorilla, and running things tonight. Listen, if you start singing your theme, Joel, I'm going to come down. And I'm going to derail your entire segment. That's what's going down tonight. Bow down to <laughs> the... Anyway. <laughs> All right. Impact opens up with the tag match between Motor City Machine Guns and TMDK. Shane Haston, Bad Dude Tito. You're familiar with Bad Dude Tito recently, aren't you? He was a part of uh, some AEW tapings, some dark tapings. He... Yeah, I hadn't really heard of him before that, though. Like, I, I was not familiar with any of his, his work outside of outside of like the little that I saw in this kind of more recent run. Um, but I know you know Shane Haste though. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> put, a mask, put a mask on and you can't miss that face. I mean, we had, we had an ROH world. We had Ben Dejo. So, uh, <laughs> working tapings as somebody else. So, um, but yeah, this is a, this is a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of fun. Tell me about the match, Joel. So it was a really fun match because uh, over at Multiverse United, the Ace of Base, who are the Impact World Tag Team Champions, actually beats TMDK, Motor City Machine Guns, and Aussie Open. So this match, the tag match between Motor City Machine Guns and TMDK, kind of had a little bit of uh, championship stakes moving into Rebellion. It was a good match. I mean, Haste throwing Chris Saban into Bad Dude Tito, who does a standing mega blue thunder bomb is so good. Like just spins him around real good and just throws Saban to the mat. And of course, you know, you've got Shelly doing all of his crazy shit and Saban too. And eventually the match ends with a crucifix. Shelly does it on haste and then Saban runs in, flips, does a jackknife pin, sunset jackknife pin because you got to flip over because that's what you do. And that was the one, two, three. Good finish, a lot of fun. Um, and of course, like I said, commentary was pointing out that this was going to be a, uh, a lead in to what's to come for the Impact Tag Titles. So we go backstage, Motor City Machine Guns are met by Ace of Bays, and they're like, hey, you guys are pretty good. You know, you beat a team that we beat, and uh, 
maybe you can do that and parlay into a tag title run of yourselves, which is exactly, by the way, what Motor City Machine Guns were doing to Ace of Bays before they won the tag titles. They were being complete pricks. Well, poor Ace of Bays. Just be nice to them. That's not what happens. Ace of Bays that is not club. what happens. This oh. is like, this is my girl Athena, okay? Really fun to watch her beat people up. But I'm like, you're just so mean to everyone. Just Look, be nice. Before they went to Japan, this is exactly how Motor City Machine Guns spoke to Ace of Bays. And then Ace of Bays struck it big in Japan, almost winning the, uh, the, the Super Junior Tag. And they didn't. So Ace of Bays still gave them a tag match they won. Anyway, Saban challenges Ace of Bays to a tag title Ultimate X match at Rebellion. So that's what we're doing. It's going to be fun as hell. It's going to be real fun for those four to fly around and put the tag titles online. I am looking forward to it. Um, it seems like they saw the sign, the ace base. They opened up their eyes and saw the sign. Uh, I would love to know who you think is going over there because I am always impressed by ace of base, and it seems like they have a lot of momentum right now. Do you think? Do you think we get a tag title switch in Rebellion? No, I think Ace of Bays are the team to keep it on for a little while longer. Motor City Machine Guns just re-signed with Impact Wrestling. They did re-sign a deal. Good but for them. they're a team that they're evergreen. They they will never look bad. They they have to falter real they they have to shit the bed for a solid month for people to really turn their backs on them. Yeah, so. it's always fun when like people are so good at wrestling, you have to work to make people stop cheering for them and that that's definitely the category that they fall in yeah exactly glad to hear that they resigned that sounds super fun keeping the tag titles on the champions rarely a bad call but sounds like a good call in this case because it just seems like i hear more and more about them like uh, uh, over the course of the past few months like feels feels like this has been really really successful for them and to your point motor city machine guns they could be transitional to anyone at any time ever. Like <laughs> they're just great. So very cool. Very yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Ace of Bays continuing on because for the longest time you had impact fans saying, you know, Ace Austin is your guy. Chris Bay is your guy. And then individually as singles, they weren't getting it done, or at least they weren't being booked to get it done. Uh, and then they tagged them, team them together. And then they joined bullet club. And it was like, the heavens parted and everything started to make sense and everything started coming together for them as a tag run. And I love that. So with that, M.A. Solko sends us a super chat, says, do Motor City Machine Guns need to go full heel? I don't think so because it's hard to boo them. They couldn't do it at Sacrifice when, you know, they had the Steve Macklin thing. And it was it was a really awkward match at Sacrifice because they had to make up for Josh Alexander being out and yada, yada, yada. But, like, they tried to do something heelish, but it didn't really work. So... I don't think they need to go full heel. I don't know how you feel about uh, Motor City Machine Guns maybe turning the corner on that. I think I really like Chris Sabian as a heel. Um, but I feel like as a duo, part of what makes it hard to turn them heel is the fact that people were rooting for them as individuals for so long that now that things are finally clicking as a tag team, I think you almost don't want to turn them hard heel. I'm less aware of like the context that they're functioning than in the new but like i think it's okay to let them be tweener and just let people like them even if they're kind of working more heelish i don't think they need to go like super bad guy yeah i agree with that i can definitely get there because i don't need everyone to be like hardline heel or hardline face let those shades of gray make sense where they will and this is one of those times 
I just realized how tiny my Twitter handle is on this graphic, and it is hysterical. <laughs> I had some time on my hands. Robert Trangino <laughs> also sent us a super chat saying, uh, I thought it was a great show tonight. Solid wrestling throughout and closed on a great angle. Hi, Kate. Thanks for keeping Joel company tonight. Yes, Kate, I guess, is here, and it's fine. It's my civic duty. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Edward Edwards approaches Kenny King backstage. These are people you remember because you talk about Ring of Honor and they used to be in Ring of Honor. So it's true. And uh, I I tend to love people named Eddie in wrestling. I'm a big Eddie Guerrero fan, big Eddie Kingston gal. Love me some hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. So hold on. If that's the case, you must double love Edward Edwards. It is a, you right? Like it's it's a double down on the common thread between all those people. So he is, I like him. I'll put it that way. I like it. I like him. I really love Kenny King. I really, really do. Um, his work in ROH was fantastic. But I feel like they should have some some good chemistry together. They did, except not anymore. So Eddie comes up and he's like, <laughs> Eddie's like, I want well, they did. So Eddie's like, I want to make sure that I that I can count on you to have my back tonight when I face PCO. And King's like, oh yeah, just like you have my back at sacrifice, except you didn't have my back and you were just a jerk. And Kenny King's like, nobody was talking about Kenny King after that car crash, after I was a crash test dummy for PCO, his words, by the way. And he tells Eddie to call whoever ran over PCO with a car, which it's been very apparent for the longest time, and they they pay that off later on tonight. So Kenny King walks away from Eddie Edwards, and he's going to go seek out bigger, better things, and we'll find out a little bit about that later. So instead, we continue on Scott Demore's talking to Tommy Dreamer backstage. Tommy's like, hey, I was serious, Scott Demore, about having you on my team for Hardcore War at Rebellion. I don't know if you saw this, Kate, but at Rebellion, it's going to be no. Team Tommy Dreamer and Team Bully Ray. That I did see, and you can probably guess how I feel about how much I don't want to see that. They set up the teams tonight, and we'll talk about that a little bit longer. But yeah, I, there's I, a hockey player in here. What are we doing? Oh, we're gonna talk about that too. But <laughs> oh, I got feelings. So with the whole this whole thing, I said if this goes all the way to rebellion. I'm done. I'm no longer covering Impact Wrestling. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. We're done. And yeah, it's uh, it's happening, and I'm guess I'm guessing I'm still going to be part of this doing the show. Yeah, because I'm, like, I'm assuming like in the matches, they're not captains that shows. Yeah, the captains of their matches. They're the captains in their they're in the match. It's just like war games, but they're old. <laughs> they're old. I'll tell you what ship I'm not getting on. One word: they're the captains. What are they doing? They have so much great talent over at Impact. This is not the way to do it. Though I will say, in a multi-man thing, if you're going to have them stick around, if you're going to have them be active competitors, which if you know my feelings on Jeff Jarrett, you probably know how I feel about this. Uh, this is probably a good way to do it because you are actually using their names and their notoriety to build out something that that makes sense i just don't ever want to see them in a mesh like this that's why i was hoping i was like maybe it's like a a designated captain thing. so we called There's it only one captain and it's sean dean and mjf will never beat him that's right uh wait wrong show anyway we've been calling it busted open island because yes. that's exactly what it is and for for tommy i'm like we don't need tommy dreamer in a ring in 2023 especially the amount of times we've been seeing it bully 
ended up being a shockingly fun addition in his match against Josh Alexander at Hard to Kill because they made it a plunder match, they made it a hardcore match, and that was good. That's what Bully does. There was enough hidden to make the match fun. Um, Always a good sign, but you're like, how much can I hide? Well, that's fine. You know what? It made sense because Josh Alexander is normally like the technical wrestler guy, so this kind of split up his his title defenses, and I didn't hate There's a fun thing there. Yeah, so it worked out for that. But then they kept going, and then they brought in Tommy, and then they brought in Mickey, and then David LaGreca from Busted Open came in and moderated some stuff and got hit with a, with a stool once or twice. It's fine. I get it. This is a big crossover promotion thing that, that they were doing with Busted Open Radio. Cool. I get it. I you know I like the folks at Busted Open Radio, so I just don't need to No, see- you don't, Joel. You hate every other media outlet in the world. Very famously do talk trash about all of them. Uh, yes. So Tommy. We got heat. We got, yeah, sorry, that's heat. So Tommy and Bully in 2023 isn't exactly my thing. However, we'll get through this and then we'll move on, hopefully, after Rebellion past Tommy, past Bully. But is Scott DeMore going to be on the team? He's like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. Tommy's like, you've got a history with Scott. Uh, Tommy, Tommy says he got a history with, with Scott and Bully and that there's a passion there. And Scott, you never had your last match. And Scott's like, nah, I had my moment at sacrifice. I want no hand at being in that match. But I believe in you, Tommy Dreamer. You get the job done. And I'm sitting here like, well, he better because I don't want to see another fucking match. Okay. So on the surface, this doesn't sound that bad. But if Joel actually really doesn't like something, it's bad. We're going to get to the six-man tag soon enough, Kate. You you have a much higher threshold than me. I, I would say you have a much higher threshold than most wrestling fans. Maybe Ryan, who was in the chat earlier, is the only other person I know who is not. Um, I, who's like probably on, on the, your same level of it. In that, Which I appreciate people who sit down and look for things to enjoy about the wrestling they're watching. So if you're fed up with this, even though it sounds okay on the surface level, I'm going to say it's probably pretty bad and probably overdone like it, it sounds like maybe it's gotten dragged out a little bit it has and so I, I i think about my fandom a lot and how i relate or how i fit into the space where everyone has a different kind of expectation as to how they take wrestling and how they feel about wrestling and i've never been like a hardcore sports fan so i don't get that hardcore sports fan mentality in wrestling where it's like my guy lost therefore it's the end of the world and i'm i hate everything then there are a lot of people like that, or my company isn't doing well, so I'm pissed off and yada, yada, yada. I also see it as, I see it as entertainment first. And if I'm not entertained, then I'm not going to watch it. Or if I'm not entertained, I'm going to find other reasons to find myself entertained by it because nothing is serious in wrestling. Sports entertainment, Joel Pearl. Yes. Well, it's not. How do you feel about a musical number of pennies from heaven? <laughs> I thought he was saying panties from heaven first. Hey oh I, I thought he was changing the lyrics because he's a heel. I was wrong. No, no. Uh <laughs> well, people like that. Like, at least sounds like impacts like the perfect product for you. In some ways it is. Like that's a yeah. Yeah, and in some ways it is because uh there Chris and I talked about this, and even Denise and I talked about this when we did a post show. My like impact fandom has always been rooted, especially now, they're a Canadian company. So now I have to promote them and I have to enjoy them. They weren't yeah. always. But uh, there's always been something at impact for everybody, but not in like a weird way. Like WWE sometimes plays it off where they think they're SNL. Impact's like, yeah, we have Speedball and Jonathan Gresham 
and then we have Josh Alexander, and then we have a knockouts division that's like tip top and full of incredible wrestling women and characters and so on and so forth. And then we have the undead realm where guess what? Sometimes you're just going to get into some spooky, funny, stupid shit. That's fine too. Anyway. I love it. I if love I'm... that for you. <laughs> Better than that ring of honor where all they do is shake hands. And smile. Oh my gosh. I forgot to mention um, at the, the end of ring of honor, by the way, you asked us our favorite spot. I didn't even call it out. Shame on me. Yamashita is just laying there, like not conscious, and Athena shook her hand. <laughs> okay, that's really good. That does honor is real. I do appreciate that. That's that's okay. what you do. We can uh, talk about the show that we're reviewing, though. I'm yeah, we'll do it. anyway. Ryan Sullivan with the super chat. Let's hear from positive fans. Yes, <laughs> the, my favorite people are the positive ones. Let's talk Speedball and Gresham three. Uh, they had their second match at Sacrifice. Speedball got the win, evened it up at one apiece. That was a really good match. Go out of your way to check it out if you can. Uh, for this match, Trey Miguel's on commentary. He's the X-Division champion. And the winner of this match was supposed to get the X-Division championship match at Rebellion. Speedball lost to Tanahashi in the main event at Multiverse United. The match was really fun. Go check that out. That was another match that changed at the last second because Will Ospreay was unavailable. So they brought in Hiroshi Tanahashi, which I think it's pretty. What? A substitute. It's pretty okay substitute, I guess. <laughs> Uh, commentary points out that Trey's combined days as champion is 321 and puts him in fifth longest overall behind Chris Saban, some guy named A Double. I'm not going to give you the initials. Uh, <laughs> the uh, current Ring of Honor television champion, Mimosa Joe, and Trevor Lee, who uh, went to the moon and currently resides in between NXT and SmackDown. That is a fun little statistic. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like he's, I don't know, like he has picked up some real momentum with where he's at. And I'm, I'm just intrigued to see what's next. Like, do you feel like it's a title reign? And I'm just asking you questions because I didn't actually watch the show. Do you feel like it's a title reign? Fair. <laughs> that like, is it something where, because it's a, it's a unique division, right? Is it something where you feel like the next guy gets made off of it? Or has it mostly been like, we've just got to watch Trey Miguel have awesome, awesome matches for a really long time in this very like specific and unique way? So one thing I appreciate about the X-Division is that it's none of those things, but it's also all of those things all at once. Because some champions take the option C route where they cash it in for a world title shot and then the title, the X-Division title is then vacated uh, because that's their stepping stone, or at least they think that it is. In Trey Miguel's case, this is actually a character championship for him because he it turned heel. Seemed that way, yeah, yeah. Like this was a a really productive run for him. Yeah. So again, this is a combined 321. So we're not that deep into his current reign, but as it stands right now, like he's having really good matches, which is to be expected. But he's also doing something he hasn't done in Impact, which is a good solid heel singles run, and that's what this title is for him right now that's what this that, that's what this is as the exhibition champion so uh it, it's working well uh in this match gresham and speedball they do a lot of just callbacks to their other two matches there's some really good stuff go out check it out because those two cannot put on a bad match uh a lot of like i said a lot of callbacks a lot of standoffs equal moves doing you know double cross bodies at the same time pinfall reversals and uh early on you know you've got gresham kind of faking out speedball and speedball eventually getting through all those fake outs and hitting his lightning kicks as he does 
Trey is calling himself the face of the company. He calls himself a generational champion. He says he's the last singles champ standing, which by the way, he's not wrong. Your world champion, your knockouts champion, both currently out of action. Yeah, geez. So he's well Trey. Uh, back to the what match. What was your favorite of the three um, matches? Do you have a favorite? Uh, the second one. Okay. The one was any, any uh, particular reason? Uh, speedball getting the win was good because Canadian boy, but also the finish was a lot of fun. They did a lot of like one guy working the knee and one guy working the arm, and they were working towards a submission and the figure four submission spot, which comes into it in this match too. It was all about like, who's going to reverse it or who's going to hit it and keep it on to get the, the, uh, the, the submission. There was a lot so of who's going to hit it and who's going to quit it. It's really what you're yeah, saying. Exactly. And we're, we're all going to quit it <laughs> anyway. So they go to the outside Gresham and speedball. They both almost accidentally knock out Trey Miguel. He gets angry. Then he jumps both of them. So it's a DQ finish. I don't hate it because you know, what's going to happen next. They go backstage, they're all arguing, and then Santino Morella, who is the director of authority in Impact Wrestling, and Dirty Dango, who is a super serious character, by the way. He wants to be a super serious wrestler. Kate, did you know this? So serious. Super serious. They're going to make it a three-way elimination match for the X Division Championship at Rebellion, and you've got Trey being like, I just beat five other guys at Multiverse, so sure, whatever, I can do it. And then Santino's like, well, no, if it's elimination and you get pinned first, then guaranteed a new champion. So he kind of storms off and Dango says, hey, I've been in a few three ways, so uh, if you need any help, just feel free to ask. <laughs> and you got Speedball and John Jonathan Gresham's trying not to break, and he is... <laughs> Think of this guy. This is super serious wrestler, Jonathan Gresham, who cares nothing more about anything in pro wrestling than him, his character and the seriousness of pro wrestling being talked to about threesomes. Um, love that segment that I didn't watch. Sounds like a hoot. I hate the booking that I didn't watch because I feel like for a third match of any of the three, that's where you should have the most definitive ending, right? So, yes, and Cresta and I kind of sat here and said what we expected out of Sacrifice. We we both expected Speedball to win, even it up at two. And then the third match we thought would be at Rebellion and the winner would become the number one contender for whoever is the, 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 the world champion. They're doing the X Division Championship match. I don't hate it. And then this is a good way to have Trey look good or possibly lose his X Division Championship in like, a new, uh, a weird scenario. So I don't okay. Mean, um, a little bit of a protected loss. I can get into that. Yeah, and it's it seems okay. So I I'll do. You think it's Speedball's time? I think it's Speedball's time to be champion. He's been X Division oh, champion. Okay. He's he's had that championship before. Did Good yes. For him. He had it for so long. In fact, or not so long. He burned so bright that he had almost the same amount of, what was it, uh, defenses of the X Division Championship, successful defenses, as, what was it, Christopher Daniels, when he wow. was X Champion. Okay. The whole story about it, and this was when Kazarian came in and won the title and pissed everybody oh, off. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember this now. So I, I so there's an, I, there's an interview in the can with Speedball Mike Bailey that I did at GCW where I actually asked him about that. I was like, where do you think this was? Did you think that you were going to face Christopher Daniels? Because, like, commentary hit that shit home. And the answer might surprise you. But, uh, yeah, we, we talked about that and, and a few other things. Hopefully that drops soon. 
but yeah, so Speedball's been a champion and he's done great work as X Division champion. Whether or not he becomes world champion next, that remains to be seen. If Samoa Joe was the king of television, you are the king of interviewing TV talent at indie shows to get <laughs> hot goss like that. Uh, it's not as succinct, but it's relevant. Oh, that's fine. You can use that. That's probably why uh, they don't want me interviewing <laughs> people at uh, Rebellion. Anyway, so the design is backstage. <laughs> They're sitting in a gym in the stairwell, as as brooding cult members do. And Diener is like, oh, I'm surprised you've made it this far, Callahan. Callahan's like, I sacrificed myself for the design two years ago. Oh, that's sorry. That's Eric Young. Callahan is a gruffer. Anyway, I'm not doing it. He says, <laughs> I, I sacrificed myself for the design two weeks ago even though uh, we lost the time machine. Callahan's like, hey, listen, the design, you can either believe me or you can walk away if you don't trust me. Let's go to step seven. Because they're on a seven-step plan so that Callahan joins the design. I don't think you knew that, but now you do. Uh, Diener I says, wrote it. I do know. Oh, you do? Okay. So yeah, yeah, no, I inked that whole idea. Perfect. Wonderful. So step seven, according to uh, Cody Diener, to Diener as he is, is to prove that you believe that there is no authority above the design and you're willing to eliminate all other authority in your life. Callahan's like, how do you do that? And Khan's like, figure it out. And Callahan's just like, all right, I will. And he storms out. And that's it. And he's just done. And, and so there you go. Um, Callahan then beats up authority. This show loves murder. Yes, but only when someone's leaving. I know that's what I was just going to say is it feels like this spot calls for murder. If you're like, you have to destroy the authority above me. I don't think it's where it's going, but I just, we have to keep that as a possibility because impact loves to murder people. If they murder the one person I was thinking they were going to murder, I'd be so happy. <laughs> we're going to clip that at one forty-four fifteen. Who do you want them to murder? Well, we're going to talk about that person in a, in a moment. Because first, I want someone that I never want to see murdered. And that's Jody Threat, who made her debut on Impact Wrestling. I We all at Fightful love Jody Threat. I know Sean has like this incredible love for her. But I, I'm, I'm going to pull the trump card. Everyone in the world loves Jody Threat. And if you don't, you are not in the world. How you about know, that? You know what? Kate, I'm going to gatekeep Jody Threat for a minute because I I knew about her before Sean Ross ever did. Wow. Oh, I'm Joel. I know my Canadian women's Toronto. independent wrestling talent. <laughs> my Toronto independent wrestling talent. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jody Threat has her debut match against. They're calling. Hell yeah. They're calling her Tara Rising here. Her name is is Taylor Rising. That's her her indie name in Toronto. Uh, she's also really great. She's on the come up. She did the uh, AEW dark tapings in both. Did she do the Winnipeg ones? She definitely did Toronto. So uh, go check out Taylor Rising. I'm an American. It's all the same. Whatever. <laughs> but it's good. It's good to see Jody Threat. Man, the one thing I didn't like is in the middle of her match, they do a picture in picture. They cut to the backstage where. Santino Morella's been knocked out. <gasps> but anyway. I hope that he's not murdered. Well, that's the murder. Very, very happy for Jody Threat. She's yeah. deserved to have been signed a long time ago. This feels like a great home for her with, I mean, the division is literally called knockouts here. And she's there to knock people out. Let's go. Give me her versus uh, Kylan King yeah. every day of the week. There's some really fun matchups waiting for her there that I'm excited to see. And she just, she deserves it. This is awesome. This so is she, an awesome thing. She's doing these like 
corner lariats that are brutal, just knocking the shit out of tail out of. They're calling her Tara Rising. Taylor sinking. Taylor, Taylor sinking. Tara. getting her ass kicked. <laughs> you think Tara Rising is a blue blood? Anyway, so Jody takes a punch from Taylor Rising, and then she smiles, and I'm like, oh, you and Killer Kelly are going to be, like, best friends. Oh, my God, what a fun besties. Yes, the redheads in Impact, all they're all best friends after a <laughs> while. It's a thing. Uh, anyway, Jody does uh, double knees into a German suplex release, and then her finisher... She's doing it. I don't know why. I, Jody, I love you. Please don't do the F5 as your finish. She calls it the F416. <laughs> that rules. Yes. No, a woman doing an F5 rules. No, you're wrong on that. Okay. I'm willing to enjoy it. I just need the person she's doing it on to know how to take the move. That is that is a very fair thing. Yeah, it's a two. It's a, it's very much a two person effect. And if the other person's not hit, not taking it right, then it looks not great. She's also going to turn heel on Cody Rose, which is just sad. Yeah, but then Cody's going to hit like 20 crossroads and then Killer Kelly's going to like Simone spike Cody in the end. <laughs> yeah. And Jody wins the Knockouts World Championship. I don't know why Cody's holding that title, but he is. <laughs> well, he's second near the other one at a time soon. So. All right, we're backstage. We're going to follow up on Santino. So he's been knocked out. And then Dango and Scott Damore walk in and Dango's like, had to be the design because they were going after people of authority. Thank you, Dango. And then Scott reminds Dango that he is not the assistant dictator of authority. It's first of all, director of authority. And Dango was not appointed that position. And Dango's like, well, I was born with it. Therefore, I should be in control. This is super serious wrestler Dango, by the way. Uh, Scott's like, well, I'm the president of Impact Wrestling, so I actually have the control. And Dango's like, well, I want the design and I want to team up with them against my best friend, Joe Hendry. And Scott's like, mm, you know, it's kind of still a three on two scenario. And then Santino's like, no, I want in. I'm not going to do the voice because it's too late. And he's like, this is a gut check. I'm going to do this for my son, Marco, who's going to be in attendance at Rebellion. I'm going to dig deep and remind people who I am. I'm going to get my own revenge. So at Rebellion, it's going to be Santino, Joe Hendry, and Dirty Dango versus the design. Uh... I believe in Joe Hendry. Over Santino and Dango. Couple triple threats coming up for Rebellion, eh? They're trying to get everybody on that card. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's fun. I don't hate it. It'll be a fun night. I don't even like triple threats, but you know what? Dango, Santino, and Joe Henry, I'm in on that one. That's fun. Well, you know what? Let's get in on something else, shall we? Let's get in on FIFA. Super Chats? No, FIFAselect.com. Ah. For $5 a month, you get the most exclusive news, the most correct news and a ton of other things first of all let's this let's just roll down a couple things jay white signed with aew we have yeah, did. News. we got all the news on that why not wwe was wwe ever in the cards why did jay white end up in aew we got that contract detail over on fightfulselect.com maybe you want to know why is brock lesnar having a tiff with cody rhodes was that in the plans was that a vince mcmahon thing go over to fightfulselect.com we got the details on that too and, of course, we have so much content. You've got Ask Grapsity. That dropped today. Sour Graps with Kate and Alex Palowski. That happens every Monday. And then well, Friday sometimes Kate is like, hey, I'm, I'm going to hop on because I'm cool. And then they got Coexisting After Dark with Rob and Maggie. They, uh, they're going to have Robert DeFelice, who is a writer here at Fightful and sometimes on their personality. They're going to do a little interview, talky-talk thing. SRS does his Q&A, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because my notes say SRS, I never call him that. I call him Sean. It's very I call strange. him Seanathan. Sean, that's awful. It's fun. You know he's ducking me? I, that I believe. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm going to come in for rebellion. And he's like, no, I'm not coming in for rebellion. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to see you at Forbidden Door. He doesn't want to face you for that fightful championship. He doesn't. And I'm like, come, he's a coward. And, come and see me at Forbidden Door, bro. I'll be the Forbidden Door. And he's just like, no, nah, I got to go to the UK. And I'm like, you're you're a coward. Do you want to shoot on him right now? No, I shouldn't. Oh, fine. Sean Ross Sapp, you're a damn coward. <gasps> You'll never, ever hold that title that I hold dearly. Don't ask me where it is because Jimmy Van has it under lock and key and doesn't trust me to carry it for some reason. But damn it, I am that champion. I am your forever champion. Two years plus, And you'll never, ever get close to it. Fightful Select, $5 a month or more if you want. I don't really care. <laughs> Two years. My God, you're only in the first inning. <laughs> Roman Reigns has me in the first inning. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, M.A. Soko saying, should Callahan wear his cornet gimmick? Wh what? I'm a little confused by that. Uh, are you talking his white gear? Or is he going to carry around? Does he have a tennis racket? I, I hope he does. That would be fun and silly. It would be fun. I'd like to do it. Um, and there you go. Our Harris is asking, Kate, do you think we'll see Santina Morella? We can only hope and pray. Um, it's like Santina, 
huge gap Mercedes Monet as far as people that could come in for that pay-per-view. So uh former um what what they call that? Before she was the former Miss WrestleMania battle yes. winner. Mm -hmm. Yes. Anyway. Jim Miller's backstage with Tasha Steele. Speaking of the knockouts, uh, Steele says, Oh, it was the Santino was the gimmick for, okay, fine. The IPWF. Thank you. I don't cover impact provincial wrestling federation. Cause I think it's dumb. Wow. We once challenged our people here to give us like a silly amount of likes. And we would have covered the throwback throwdown special that Impact was doing. They didn't even get us close. So no, we didn't do it. So clearly, did they get I'm you a, one. a nice amount of likes? No, they did a little bit better than that. Okay, but leave a well, thumbs up here. You guys should leave a thumbs up on this video because this is the most in-depth analysis you could get about this show that I definitely watched. Absolutely, Jim Elizabeth and Tasha Steele in the back. Tasha Steeles came back at sacrifice and she's like, Hey, last time we saw you, something wasn't working. And then in watched Giselle Shaw. And she's like, we, you know, we don't have a problem. Do we? And all of a sudden Giselle's like, no, no, we, we, we have a problem. You meddled in my business and Savannah Evans got an upgrade by joining me. So you are jealous. And then Steeles is like, no, we'll just take care of business next week. So next week's Giselle Shaw and Tasha Steeles. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be good. That stuff. should be real fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun stuff. I uh, love Tasha Steeles, man. All right. I got to talk about it. <laughs> Six man tag. Bully Ray teams up with the good hands. That's uh, Skylar and Hotch taking on the team of Tommy Dreamer, Yuya Yamura, and former Detroit Red Wing defenseman. Darren McCarty. Impact up until this point was doing really well with uh, special guest wrestlers who come in and uh, athletes, former former other athletes. You know, they they had some really good matches with them. This is not one of those times. I was about to call you Cresta. I've been called far worse. That is a huge compliment to call me Cresta. I don't have the the facial hair gimmick down quite yet. You could. You uh, I can't imagine Darren McCarty is like the crossover athlete that works here. I can't imagine most hockey players are. It was so, so he comes out, Darren McCarty comes out wearing a Rob Probert t-shirt. And if you want to know just how confused that makes people, Rob Probert died in 2010. He played for the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. He was a very famous enforcer for the teams, but again, died in 2010, 13 years ago. And he's wearing this t-shirt as if he's like super excited. Uh, yeah. So Dreamer wants to more for his team. And of course, Bully already has the good hands for his team. That's going to be at Rebellion. I still hate this story. I hate everything. But in the match, I do like this. Bully eventually gets tagged in. He does the flip-flop and fly, which has been a Tommy Dreamer thing ever since Dusty died. And as he's doing it, he's making fun of Tommy Dreamer's family and the fact that he used Tommy Dreamer's family against him to get the win at, at, at Sacrifice. And then Tommy kind of breaks out when he's going to do the, the elbow, and uh, Tommy hits a DDT. It was a good spot. Darren McCarty then tags in, and it all goes to hell. <laughs> tags in. No, no, no. This is not the part we're glossing over. We are digging in. Define a great detail goes to hell. So I'm going to put over John Schuyler and Jason Hotch. Hotch and Schuyler did so well selling and setting up for McCarty that they deserve a huge bonus. 
They made Darren McCarty look better than he had any business looking in this match. So McCarty tags in and then he started tagging Skylar and Hotch with his fist. And he's like, he does an awful Luthes press. Like he's on both feet when Hotch goes down to take that Luthes press. So he oh, goes no. on his knees and he starts doing the hockey punch. And it just looks really bad. And at this point, I was like, bless them. They truly are good hands. Hotch and Skylar. My God, I'm just doing the job to Darren McCarty. And McCarty tosses them both out of the ring and whatever. Then he, then Bully Ray teases getting into a hockey fight with Darren McCarty. And then he just leaves the ring and Skylar blindsides Darren McCarty, hits him in the back. McCarty hits a half good stunner on John Skyler and gets the win for his team. Darren McCarty pins John Skyler. Was watching it more or less ridiculous than it just sounded? I don't even know anymore. Bully Ray teasing that he's going to get into a hockey fight just un- under any circumstances. And like, he's doing it because McCarty basically beat him up in a hockey fight at, at sacrifice. Doesn't mean you try again, Bully. He's still a former no. player with fists. No. No. I don't know. For a guy who has good psychology, ring psychology... Bully kind of missed it this time, in my the opinion. Heat. The heat. Anyway, post-match, Kenny King goes after Team Dreamer, which I really appreciate. And then Frankie Kazarian shows up, goes after Kenny King. Then Masha Slamovich goes up, and she starts attacking the members of Team Dreamer. And then Killer Kelly goes after Masha Slamovich. So at Rebellion, it looks like Team Dreamer will be Tommy Dreamer, Yuya Yamura, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and who knows? There's a mystery opponent. Uh, and then Killer Kelly. Mystery opponent, they're teasing Scott. I feel like it's just going to be Rich Swan. Sure, fine, because Kazarian and Swan were on a tag team recently. Sure. And then Bully Ray's team will be Bully, Hotch, Skyler, King, and Masha. So there's one extra spot. Some people have told me, told me they think it's Nick Aldis. I feel like every time there's like a question mark, people are tossing Nick Aldis out. Like Nick Aldis. <laughs> it's like, what's Nick Aldis doing? He's connected to this. Like, he's everywhere. All In was announced by AEW yesterday, and everyone's like, Nick Aldis is going to be on the card. I had to uh, drop my car off. I, I had a rental today. Was Nick um, Aldis your mechanic? I was going to say, you know who was waiting for me at Enterprise Rental Car? <laughs> Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. You know what's kind of a bummer? I feel like he would be a great fit in WWE. Um, but I don't, you know, I obviously understand people's hesitations about wanting to go there. But like, they didn't say they went out of hiring freeze, but Triple H sure brought back a lot of people and then they suddenly stopped. And a sale doesn't usually lead to more signings in most cases. Um, but I, you know, I applaud him for leaving NWA because, you know, what they're doing there. You got Billy Corgan comparing Tyrus to Ernie Ladd um, off base. But I I do hope we see him like on a televised show again because I, I think he's a really good... He's a good heel at an archetype that people, I think, can oftentimes make feel very inauthentic and cheesy. So I, I would like to see it. I think he might be an, a nice grounded voice and a, a silly, wacky cast of characters and impact. Like, that could be a fun place for him to show up. But until then, we will speculate constantly where Nick Aldis is showing up. Put him in NXT. Let him become a player coach. Let him do the Chris Hero spot that they never did with Chris Hero. Maybe. Who knows? Either way, I don't hate the idea of Nick Aldis coming back, but the last time they did that, Nick Aldis just kind of like showed up and was part of a team, and that was that. And it was very, very last second and very strange. There was no build. 
It just happened. Anyway, the way it is sometimes, Joseph. That's fair. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> Just either. Like our main event today, sometimes things just change. We're still going. We still got another match and, and a couple more. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, circumstances, oh, man. Yes. They're a bitch. Uh, we're showing footage from Multiverse where Deanna Perrazzo wins that four-way to go to Rebellion. Deanna beats Miu Yamashita, Killer Kino, no, uh, Giselle Shaw, and Masha Slamovich. Sorry. I, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich are kind of interchangeable because they're both redheads. So... Wow, you're a racist. In the impact world, they are interchangeable. In Joel's brain, they are. Only in my brain. Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly are very different. Humans. They are very different, I know. And I like both of them as wrestlers and as humans, so I get that going for me. Anyway, Deanna's like, I was a four-time world champion. I was a knockouts champion with my best friend, and I had all of that, and I went from that to nothing. Some people, nothing, see it as a bad thing. But for the Virtuosa, it's a blank slate to create. Deanna built the age of Virtuosa from a blank slate, and with the knowledge and expertise that she's gained and the experience she's gained, what she can create is limitless, like Keith Lee. Uh, she's prepared, she didn't say that. She prepared despite, she's prepared for this match despite not expecting to be in a knockouts title match at Rebellion, but now will it be Jordan Grace or will Mickey James be involved? And I like this. She points out, Jordan Grace has never defeated Deanna, but Deanna's never defeated Mickey James. So at Rebellion, Deanna's like, I'm going to become a three-time knockouts champion, and that's that. I love that she points out her relationship to Jordan Grace and to Mickey James makes this match a little bit more important. Uh, are you looking forward to this as a three-way? It just feels like a little um, triple threat heavy of a card. So my general... But I like it when the stories call for it. Right. My general feeling is that they'll make this a triple threat, whether or not Mickey is cleared. And Mickey will either have limited interaction in the match, but still be a part of it and drop the title, or she's totally fine and she'll be fully part of the match and potentially keep it. That's how I see it. Who do you think wins? That's the problem. If, if Mickey's fine, I see Mickey retaining. If she's not, and it's just, and Jordan and Deanna are the two options. If you're going to turn Jordan heel, do that and have her win and have okay. Jordan the heel reign as the champion. We're, we we flip flop now because Deanna has also slowly become a, a face in impact wrestling, which is territory we haven't seen from her in a long time, if ever. So right. an opportunity there. That could be fun. Who would you like to see as the impact knockouts champion? I would like to see. Cresta Star. I don't know if she gets that title. She's I great. don't. I think she's she she will someday. I don't know if now's her time. Um, but she has all the tools. I I don't know. There's something in my gut, and I'm again. I don't watch like from wall to wall, but I just feel like another Deanna Rain might be good. Like I, it doesn't have to be as long as her last one. It doesn't have to be as momentous. But like. If there's an uncertainty thing, I think there could be something really fun in having Deanna kind of take it back. There's a natural story there. If Mickey James does come back sooner than later, where she could be, you know, constantly stunting Deanna or whatever. Um, but I'm definitely not opposed to a Jordan Grace heel run. I just feel for some reason like she's such a she she has such a specific place and way in wrestling i would love to see her with the knockouts title here but 
I feel like she's almost more productive doing other things because she just offers something that's so different than anybody else has. What's really frustrating is that we continue to wait for Masha Slamovich to become the Knockouts champion. And if Deanna wins, then that is automatically what I want to see. Is Masha take that title? That could be really fun. You could do a, like a series of matches with that because I feel like ring-wise, I mean, fire. Or you have Deanna and Masha, or not Deanna, you have Jordan and Masha one more time. And this time it's like, it's real because they've both come so far and you'll have a new character for Jordan Grace to kind of sink her teeth into in this yeah. match. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Masha's next up in line though, which I think is awesome. She deserves it. Yeah, Dobby the Brain Hina with the super chat saying, I'm ready to see Deanna back as champ personally. She's been she's been out of the main title picture for a year and it doesn't feel right when she's not. There's another thing too, and that's Steve Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo. It's public that they are together, but an impact, it's not. This could be a good way to introduce them. The problem is Deanna's a face, Macklin's a heel. It would be a little awkward to do like a power couple thing. Um... Is there a chance they could turn Deanna heel? Probably not, right? She's a, no. she's a more natural face. Well, now she is. She was a great heel for a long time in Impact, but now they're starting to make that turn for her. People want to cheer her because she's a great wrestler. And that's, you know, she's also been on such a journey and has been yeah. through so much shit that people are like ready to cheer for her. So as much as I like the idea, you've got to kind of play out Deanna the face. Because you ain't you're not making Macklin a face. No, 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 no. That guy, especially after tonight, he ain't doing it. So who knows? Nah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Edward Edwards versus PCO for some reason. I mean, we know why they're doing it. They've been beating each other up in deserts for the last like seven months. Another uh, triple threat. You have Edward Edwards and PCO. And PCO, yeah. So I don't hate this match just because it's it's one of those like it's basically an indie spot fest was what this was. Okay. <laughs> Like they do a giant top rope perk and Rana to open the match from PCO to Edwards. They do spots on the floor because PCO hates his body. And then PCO eats a superplex from Edward Edwards because he hates his body too. They take off their shirts and they chop each other because that's just what men do. That sure is. Yeah. <laughs> um, PCO has no business doing what he's doing in no. general, never mind at his age, but it's incredible that he. Lives to tell the tale, never mind remains healthy through these things, right? Um, Just absolutely bonkers. Bananas. Bananas. Impact will throw that at you, I feel like, sometimes, where you're just like, here is absolute insanity. Enjoy. And I do. Like, it's it's pretty fun. Um, Hear me out. PCO joins Decay. Him, Black Taurus, Crazy Steve. Those PCO. And PCO. That's the that's the, the trio. I kind of could see it to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I feel that could be really fun. Uh, they do a ref bump. Edward pushes the ref into PCO's path, and then PCO knocks into him. PCO hits a scorpion death drop, and then he goes to tease doing the PCO salt from the top. And then out comes Lish, and she's pleading with PCO, "No, no, don't do it. You'll kill him." And then as PCO is about to stop, Lish grabs a kendo stick, knocks out PCO. Edwards hits PCO with a buckle bomb, a straight jacket suplex, and a Boston knee party, and he gets the win. As expected, yes, Lish was driving the car that ran over PCO in the desert. We're all shocked. Who would expect it? Except we talked about it for fucking weeks on this show. Anyway. We love murder and attempted murder. And attempted murder. Because yeah. 
When there's murder, they're not coming back. When there's attempted murder or people getting thrown into caskets, we're open the door. It's true. I'm looking at you. We're arrested for murder, right? In Ty Valkyrie's case. Well, she was then brought to the undead realm in her goodbye. So she's not dead. Oh, that's right. That's she's right. just off. To, she was carted off to jail, but now she's just out in the undead realm. Maybe. Yeah, because they were like, she might go to Jacksonville or Orlando Penitentiary or whatever that was. <laughs> Yeah, they're really going to stay. One is worse than the other. It was really funny. Uh, Post match, BCO gets up and chases Edwards and Lish out the door. They are getting into a car and then they drive away while PCO just yells, Eddie! Like over and over again to a, like a comedic degree. That's delightful. They'll do a match at Rebellion, I guess. Is Alicia underrated, properly rated? She's rated. She's very properly rated. She's great. Okay. She is a sweet human being. She is a talented wrestler. She is not going to be a knockouts world champion. Okay. I feel like every time I see her, I'm like, I'm kind of behind her. Like, I get it. I really wanted her and Savannah Evans to do a tag team of, like, reluctance. I was going to say, I could see her being, like, great. Because she was in a tag. She was in a tag team, right? She was in a few tag teams, but she was never anyone's, like, pick. She was never the belle of the ball. The belle of the ball. That's right, because she's got that Boston accent. <laughs> the very grating Boston accent. Sorry, Lish. You're you're wonderful. I'm not going to talk shit about you or your accent. No, I'll talk shit about that accent. It's rough. As as in New, York, New Jersey, you can do it. But I'm I'm in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm not saying our accent is better. It's disgusting. I'm but a Canadian. I'm, the Boston awesome. one is rough. Canadians don't have accents. That's that's what happens. Guess you do it. Sorry. Uh, Giselle Shaw versus Tasha Steeles next week. Taylor Wilde versus Jessica next week. That's going to be sick. Uh, Callahan and Angels team up against Dango and Hendry. King versus Kazarian. That's going to be fun. And winner gets advantage in Hardcore War at Rebellion. And Mickey James makes her final decision. We find out if she'll be in the match at Rebellion. Speaking of which, we have a hover chat from Andrew who says, what match are you most looking forward to at Rebellion? What other matches do you think will be added to the card? And do you think we'll see any returns or debuts? Um... I'm looking at the card for Rebellion. I'll run it down real quick, and then we'll talk about Josh. Knockouts tag match, Coven versus Death Dolls, X Division match, trade, Gresham and Speedball, Design versus Santino, Dango, and Hendry, Hardcore War, that's the teams of Bully and whatever, and Dreamer. Tag titles, Ace of Bays versus Motor Suit and Machine Guns, Knockouts title, Grace Perazzo and Maybe Mickey, and then the Impact title is Macklin and Kushida. I am most looking forward to that tag title match. The one that stands out for you. That's fair. I think the triple threat for um, the X Division, is, is, that just seems like it's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, and from a story perspective, I'm, if it's if it's Steve Macklin's time, I'm just genuinely happy for that guy. Um, and uh, they were working on a really cool story. So I hope they follow through with it and it doesn't get derailed. And that match should be incredible. Like Kushida and Steve Macklin. Let's go. Next Next week when Crest is back, we'll give our predictions for Rebellion. We'll run down the final card. Uh, and I don't know what other matches will be added because right now this is a pretty stacked card. You got one, two, three, four. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty heavy, right? Yeah, it's already seven matches. So at this point, you know, one more match is probably just going to be for the countdown show. And that's fine. They'll do a six-person X Division thing. Hell yeah. That sounds like a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. Anyway, the, and then for returns or debuts, honestly, I think new champions are going to be the big the big statement for that show. Who do you think is going over? We're going to talk about that next week. 
We'll do all the, we'll do our predictions. You can join us. It'll probably be earlier than when it is now. Look, I didn't not watch the show. Didn't not not watch the show to That's not talk about it, but fine. I'll leave it for you and Cresta. You can join us if you want. Uh, we're down the home stretch, folks. Get in your super chats and your humper chats at humperchats.com. Let's talk about Josh Alexander relinquishing the Impact World Championship. Let's talk Please. about also leaving us a thumbs up. Yeah. Just real quick, we'll talk about that. Maybe Give a thumbs up on this video. Do that. And subscribe to us at Fightful Overbooked as well. Yes, where you can see more of the two of us, but usually I've actually watched the things that we're talking about. Have you, though? Usually. Usually. <laughs> Macklin and Kushida are in the ring, and the crowd is chanting, you tapped out at Steve Macklin, which is just making me laugh. Because if you don't know, Sacrifice, Macklin tapped out to Kushida's hoverboard lock. Scott Demore is in the ring, and he says, every rain must end, and sometimes injuries happen, and sometimes rains end abruptly and unexpectedly. But with every ending, brings a new beginning and a new champion will be crowned at Rebellion. And then he says the current champ needs to relinquish his title. So out comes Josh Alexander with his wife and his son, Jet, who looks like he has a speedball haircut. It's very cute. It's adorable. I think I think Jet has a new favorite wrestler and it might not be daddy. Crowd's <laughs> 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 uh, very appreciative of Josh. Of course, they're, they're chanting for him. And uh, Josh takes the mic. He says he's going to talk about opportunities, saying that it's an all, all a wrestler wants or needs, says he's seen wrestlers quit before they got theirs, and others who did not live up to their own when they received them. Josh says, I grinded on the Canadian Indies for years until Josh signed, Josh, until I signed with Impact Wrestling four years ago. He said he busted his ass, take risks, and burned the candle at both ends to give back to Scott Damore and Impact Wrestling and to uh, give back to wrestling as a whole. Then he talks about his work ethic and basically puts over that he was, you know, the guy above all impact and all TNA. He stands above all the former champions because he's the longest reigning champion and his work ethic, did, work ethic created that. Uh, they're chanting next world champ at Josh and he starts getting emotional. He says, unfortunately, I'm out indefinitely due to a torn triceps, um, but I'm going to go back to where it all began. I'm going to be an impact fan like everyone else, like my son, and I'll be watching Rebellion where a new champion is going to be crowned. And then he starts putting over Kushida, says he's got the hoverboard lock, can make anyone tap out, including Steve Macklin. And then he turns to Macklin and he says, I may not agree with your methods, but you were in this shot and he wishes it was against him, but we'll find out if he has what it takes to be a champion. And then he says to both men, whoever is champion after rebellion, if you hold it long enough, I'm going to come back and take back what's rightfully mine. That is the title I never lost. So he goes to relinquish the title and this is the moment. As Josh grabs the title and goes to give it to Scott Demore, his son jumps up and grabs the title and like hugs it and like goes over to his mom. And it's just like not a dry eye in the house. It was so, it was so well done. Uh, and then the crowd starts, starts chanting new champ. They're just chanting new champ at Jet. It's very cute. Stop it. It's very sweet. And then he hands the title over to Scott Demore. does Josh. He gets the title back. Anyway. Uh, and then Macklin takes over. He's like, now we're done with the soap opera BS and all the formalities. Scott Demore, hand me the title because you all knew I was going to be Josh Alexander. And then it just becomes this whole thing. Macklin's like, this was my mission. Josh, you were ducking me. And then in this reality, Josh Alexander, you fear me. This is your way out. Macklin tries to provoke Josh, who then takes off his sling and then Macklin goads Alexander some more, trying to get him into a fight. And then Scott Demore intervenes, and he starts yelling and screaming. He calls Macklin a coward for questioning Josh and for challenging him to a fight in front of his wife and four-year-old, fresh out of surgery because he's wearing his 
he's taped up and everything and uh calls him a son of a bitch <laughs> of course he does and then scott demore says macklin's been afraid to face alexander unlike speedball mike bailey and bobby fish keeps getting referenced okay <laughs> i don't know why show me the lie but he keeps getting referenced in these promos uh folks where is the lie where is the lie where is the lie yeah scott calls him so like I said, cowardly SOB. And then he says, I hope you, Scott's like, I'm supposed to be unbiased, but I hope you don't win the title at Rebellion. And then he brings up Kushida making Macklin tap at Sacrifice. Macklin's like, I tapped out, but I wasn't going to put my pride on the line because this wasn't for the title. So I tapped out to preserve and save face. And then Kushida gets in Macklin's face. They talk trash, they brawl. Kushida gets a hoverboard lock on Macklin. Macklin rolls out and then Kushida dives out of the ring onto Macklin, grabs the title, and as he goes to present it to Scott Demore, he poses with it for a little bit, presents it to Scott. That's the show. That's the entire promo. Go out of your way to watch it. It's on Impact Socials. It's going to be uploaded to their channel. This, uh, what I'm saying right now, does not do it justice. Gotta this watch it. Really, really good promo. Orion Ben with the super chat saying Josh's son and Jade stole the segment Real Tears. Absolutely, it got me for a minute because that was it was. You can tell like. Josh's son Jet loves his dad and loves his dad's like career and his job. It was really good stuff. That's sweet. Yeah. And then Albert Ponce with the super chat says, any possibility of Ace of Bays crossing over and doing something with Finn Juice or Jay, sorry, Jay and Juice, not, not Finn Juice. Finn Juice is another time. US Bullet Club versus Japan Bullet Club could be fun for the control of Bullet Club. I don't foresee any crossover between AW and Impact for the next little while. But do you want this, Kate? Do I want it? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Um, but it is funny. It's like I think they kind of like went their separate ways on that partnership. But now they there's so many natural stories between <laughs> the two brands. So it's a little bit trickier. But um, I, I would love to see the, the match. I would love to see Forbidden Door open up into a true multi-promotion not just two promotions type thing we're gonna see some roh stuff on there i think um but i i definitely would like to um i would love to see that for for wrestling but i don't think it's gonna happen all i want to see is finn juice versus ricky starks and action andretti that's all i want i'm in on that yeah David? I don't know how, how injured Action Andretti is, though. He says he's fine. He said he was fine oh. after after whatever happened at uh, at those tapings. He, he was like, no, nah, I'm good. No, just okay, to, well, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. That was my feeling the whole time because this isn't an AEW show, but it just felt like the Bullet Club's always been like, we're going to be everywhere, but not really all together at any one time. So Ace of Bays is like, impacts Bullet Club. And Scott Demore too, because if you didn't know, he's also part of the Bullet Club. Of course. Did you know? Just Jeff like how Jarrett? Sue is a founding member of Chaos in AEW right. World. Yeah. And Jeff Jarrett is also a member of Bullet Club. All right, calm down. He is. Knock it off. Him and Scott joined at the same time. You have to vocalize every single thing, okay? I do. I stepped up because you had nobody to do the stream with. Basically, did this on my own. You go. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway. Hey, look, we're back. 
All right. All right. Let's get out of here. This was in fact for April 6th, 2023. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I did not think I would, but I really did. There was a lot of good wrestling. There was a lot of good, just fun stuff happening in the show. And they did a really good job building to that Macklin and Kushida match for rebellion, which is something they had to do on a dime. So I respect it. Uh, Kate, let's get out of here and do the thing. I loved this episode too. Like it, I feel like it flew by. Like I felt like just, I blinked. Uh, God, can you believe this woman keeps talking about things she doesn't watch? <laughs> All right, plug them. Let's go home. I got to do this. Sure, my teeny tiny Twitter handle is right below, but you can follow me at Miss Kate Babe. I'm all over Fightful. Can't get away from me if you're sticking around. Um, but FightfulSelect.com, doing Sour Graps every Monday night, Tuesdays on the main channel, doing the NXT Sour Graps post show. Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast, talking all things all elite. Thursdays, normally, just doing the ROH piece of this show today. I wasn't the step host, but I was the host who stepped up. Fridays, normally doing the AW Rampage and SmackDown faux show, but this weekend, Excite Wrestling. I'm doing a little media scrum before the show tomorrow, so you can watch at twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling and ask questions about wrestling media. It's me and Chris from WrestleNomics. Uh, probably get to talk to some of your favorite Excite Wrestling and also their podcast champion, Mike Skyro. So... Uh, and then I'll be there Saturday as well. So twitch.tv slash excite wrestling X with an X, like the X division here. No E. We don't do that. This is wrestling. That's right. It's about, it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. That's right. That's right. And about drive and about power. And about, about the food I'm about to devour. Uh, are we doing a show on Sunday? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Fightful Overbook, go to youtube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Kate and I do shows. There's a ton of other stuff, content literally every day, and it's not just my face. You've got so many up-and-coming people in that wrestling sphere that need and deserve your time, so go ahead, check that out at youtube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Uh, myself and Ella J do the run sheet over on – it's it's our own thing. Just wherever you get your podcasts, just search the run sheet. It's got a brick wall and a purple logo. And that's Ellen and I talking about wrestling news, talking about wrestling shows, just doing our own things. So go follow us there. Check us out at the Run Sheet Pod on Twitter. And I'm here with y'all. Crest is back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Let's try that again. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.